I'm Dr. Scott Lyons, and you're watching or listening to The Gently Used Human. Have you ever had a gut feeling, some inner knowing that wants to dictate your actions, a whisper from within that seems inexplicably attuned to future events, or those prickles at the back of your neck signaling a silent alarm of potential danger, or noticed a string of coincidences that felt almost mystically aligned? Where do all those signals come from? And what do they mean? Today, I'm joined by Vincent Jenna, a psychic therapist and spiritual teacher known for his candid and genuine approach to bridging the spiritual and tangible worlds. Vincent, author of The Secret That's Holding You Back, doesn't just navigate the ethereal with his psychic abilities, but also grapples with the tangible blocks that anchor us into unfulfilling patterns. Navigating through the science and mystery of intuition will uncover the dynamic dance of vibrations and explore the intricate balance between human ambition and spiritual guidance. We'll attune to the subtle art of deep listening and honor our inner voice amidst the noise of our material world. Are you ready to explore, question, and perhaps discover? Let's do this. There's a couple of really good surprises coming up for you soon. Oh my God. Is I'm it... not telling you. Oh, what a fucking tease you are. If I hadn't said it before, officially welcome to the Gently Used Human podcast, Vincent. Oh, yes. <laughs> you tease, you psychic tease you. Absolutely. I have to have my fun in life, Scott. I oh mean, please, I got to dangle the future in front of you. That is seductive. That is cruel. Oh. That is hot to trot. Three opportunities coming up, then you have to choose two of them. You won't be able to do all three. Use your insight mm. to choose the wisest and the best two, not necessarily the financially best. Mm -hmm. I'm going to get greedy and choose all three. <laughs> because I got free will. Yes, you do have free will. You just don't have all the time in the world. Uh, that's painful to hear. I know. <laughs> that's so it's painful. True. It's true. I'm totally titling this the psychic tease. The psychic tease. Absolutely. Go right ahead. I love that. I have never been thought of as a tease before in my life. Are you kidding? So now I am feeling great about myself because of that. Bless a Long Island medium TV show. Oh, please. But for your TV show, it should be called The Psychic Tease. Oh, I do like that. I do um, like that. Good, that right? might be the niche that will get me my TV show. Wait, I've been trying for a while. Is my opportunity in the future being the executive producer on The Psychic Tease? I would love that. <laughs> as long as while you're producing, you're wearing a Speedo. Oh, my goodness. Ah, no. Oh, oh, listeners at home, I just got a Speedo for the first time. Did you really? What color? No, let me tell you, there's a couple of colors, isn't it? There's two of them. I mean, I ordered two at the same time. The one I prefer is all black. Oh, oh, all black. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. I wonder if that's in your color scheme, though, Scott. You know, how does, you mean like my aura color scheme no, or like my actual? No, your image color scheme. Oh, well. Yeah, you need to have that done because there could be some other colors that would bring out even more of your highlights, more of your internal colors. Oh, my internal colors. Yes. I thought you meant the highlights I got last week. No, 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 no. Hi no, no. A black <laughs> speedo will tend to bring out your dark side. 
Oh, maybe that's what I'm looking for. I think so. You want a cutting edge. That's what I feel. That I you have want. been an innocent angel my entire life. Oh, which is. <laughs> And I'm looking to reshape my. I'm looking to reshape my image. Thing you, you don't need to reshape your image. You just need to be all of you, and you'll have both oh. sides. Oh, okay. You're automatically you have no desire to be something else unless you're already that person. That's, That's true. the only reason why you're inspired to be that because it's something inside that you haven't had a chance to truly experience, and you love the idea of letting it come out. So you use <laughs> things to help you bring it out. I wasn't sure if that was a euphemism there, but I also like the analogy and the truth of it. Yes, it is. Ladies, gentlemen, boys, girls, and all the rest of us, welcome to the Psychic Tea Show <laughs> with Vincent, psychic gonna... therapist, medium, author, extraordinaire. <sighs> I'm so excited to have you. I've been really excited to talk with you about kind of the science of intuition. Mm. And there's something about, I don't know, reclaiming each of our intuition and normalizing it. And sometimes science is a helpful way of bringing that in. Not always, mm. but it, it can be a way of going like, hey, there's something in you that is beyond always cognitively knowing. We're always gathering data. Right? There's so much data in the world, so much information, so many things coming at us. And just it's a small sliver of what we're actually consciously perceiving. This is true. And I love the way you put that and how science would make us feel a little bit better. Well, you've got to understand that you being a psychologist yeah. okay, would understand that there are the scientific left brain thinkers yes. and then there's the emotional right brain feelers. Yes. So the right brain feelers don't need science to prove that there is intuition because they feel it automatically. A matter of fact, the left brainers have to get out of their left brain and into their right brain in order to recognize their own intuition. That left brain causes all of the trouble that we actually have because we talk ourselves out of those intuitive feelings. Now, the interesting thing about the science part, yeah. it is scientifically proven that every creature on this planet has an intuition and a temperament. Without it, we wouldn't survive. We're over 11,000 years old. Certainly- You look without, great. Oh, thank you, by the way. I know, really, I just like- 11,000, you don't look a day over 2,000. I don't have any highlights. This is all natural, okay? All natural highlights. Yes, this is this is from children. <laughs> Without a doubt. And so if you think about it, back in the old days, who told the cave people, oh, baby, you know, stick baby on nipple. It's just like they may have seen some other animals, but it was intuition that told them this is what you have to do to feed. They didn't know what those babies were doing when they were watching the baby elephants or the mammoths, right? The baby mammoths sucking on the mama. They didn't understand what that was, but intuitively they knew. They understood certain amount. We would have never come this far. We wouldn't be able to 
to figure out anything else in life without intuition. Intuition is extremely natural. It is part of who we are. It's an innate development. And especially since you're thinking only of us being as physical beings, then yes, we need to convince everybody that there is that intuition. But actually, we should be convincing everybody that we're spiritual beings, which means we're energies. We're energies having a physical experience. And once you understand that, then you understand how energy is connected to everything else. Carl Jung, he's the one who actually coined the understanding of the collective unconscious mind. Mm. He knew there was an intuitive part to our unconsciousness. And somewhere deep down in our psyche, we're connected to what he thought was a collective unconscious mind or the mind of God. That was another reference to it. Because he figured, now wait, if I ask somebody in Germany what the word mother means to them, and then I ask somebody in Japan what the word mother means to them, they actually say the exact same thing. Now, how is that possible if they haven't spoken to each other? Well, obviously, there must be some knowledge, there must be some information that everybody must be connected to. And that's why that intuition feeds us all that guidance and that information, that knowledge that you're talking about. And yes, we are only tapped into a portion of it. Some of us now, yes, some can be born opened up more, but that's an intentional. Mm. When the soul comes in, they're leaving those channels open a little bit more because their plan is they're going to use that intuition even more so. And great use of intuition has now switched from the word intuition mm -hmm. to psychic. Mm -hmm. But it's the same exact meaning. Yeah. What happened to me is it was basically thrust upon me. I wanted to help a friend of mine who was in dire crisis. His entire life was falling apart. And he didn't have anywhere to go. He didn't talk to anybody. He didn't share this. But all of a sudden, somewhere inside of me, I was knowing that something is going on here. And I actually asked, I put it out to the universe. I put it out to the God force. I was Roman Catholic, though, not practicing. But so God was part of my life always. And so I said, yeah, God, you've got to give me the ability to be able to help this guy and people like him. I was a professional singer, actor, and dancer mm. at that time. Nothing else. I didn't care about anything else other than an Oscar, an Emmy, and a Tony. And you can appreciate that, okay? Having all three, I can appreciate Oh, that. I would love to see them. They're over there. Oh, over there. Where, yeah, in the other home <laughs> where, where you were. I know. No, wearing little itty-bitty Speedos, I bet you. So One must dress up their, their trophies. <laughs> No, that's all I wanted in my life, right, Scott? So yeah. what happened was within a week of asking for that, all mm -hmm. of a sudden, everything paranormal, everything Steven Spielberg, and for any of your older listeners, Cecil B. DeMille, epic movie happened to me, the paranormal, the metaphysical, the spiritual, just rampant in my life for three month period. And so that's how I wound up opening up that that intuitive part of me even more so. So I was hearing information was just pouring in. I didn't even have to do anything to open up that channel. It just poured in. From that point on, I studied and I did everything I could and I still do to perfect those abilities. And I even teach it now because everyone, everyone on this planet has intuition and therefore everyone can develop it. 
So the science is that it's part of, we have arms, we have blood, we have a heart, we have brain, we have thoughts, we have feelings, we have intuition. It's part of the anatomy. It's part of the innate structure of who we are. So any more scientific than that, you're sitting in a studio and trying to guess the the cards and the shape that the guy on the other side of the panel is holding. That's the only other scientific way of being able to prove that. There has to be a certain amount of faith, too, that goes along with the concept of intuition. Am I really getting what I think I'm getting? Yeah. And to say some of the, the studies on it are actually pretty profound. And you named it in that sort of left hemisphere, right hemisphere aspect to begin with that there was a study that they measured in a fMRI, so functional, whatever. It was monitoring the brain activity. I was going to describe it in detail what an fMRI is, but we won't go there right now. And what they were able to identify is in these moments of like insight or aha, that there was a burst of high frequency energy or activity rather in the right hemisphere of the brain, in particular area of the right hemisphere of the brain. Now, I don't think, for me, that intuition is just happening in that little part of the brain. I think it's a reflection that it's happening within the whole being. That's very well put, because here is the thing about the brain and the mind. They are two different parts. A matter of fact, they know where the brain is. They mm -hmm. can measure the stimulation that comes into the brain, just like you said, but they can't tell where the mind is. They can't measure the mind. So the mind is encapsulating. It could be a greater part, a bigger part than even the brain is, but you're absolutely right. It's only stimulating the right side of the brain, but that doesn't mean that's where it is. And it's always the stimulus. Now, biopsychosocial concept there are those who believe that everything is caused by biology, right? Your psychiatrist and those scientists want to believe that a chemical reaction happens first, a stimulation in the brain happens first, a neurotransmitter happens first, and then the thought comes. Wrong. It absolutely has to be in reverse because yeah. we have proven that. The nature versus nurture type of concept, yes, we do come in with a certain amount of stuff, but the reason why we do is because we've also had past lives and we're choosing to bring some information in with us. They can't prove where that extra stuff comes from. Where does that knowing, it's intuition, it's memories of some past that we haven't fully put together. And then there's the blank part that we can now fill up with our experiences in life and grow from that. So science is only good for so much. Here's the other thing about science that really gets me. Okay, so all of your scientists are in the labs and they're doing all of their research and their experimentation and they're trying to find these things. And then one doctor turns around and says, you know what, I'm looking at this piece of bread and it's getting green and it's getting mold on it. I wonder if I can use that. Something tells me that I should try to use that mold on some bacteria over here in a human body and see what happens with that. Penicillin! 
Penicillin comes up. But meanwhile, it was an intuitive feeling. But because he had a white lab coat on, it was a scientific discovery. My point is, there isn't one doctor out there that isn't using intuition in order to get their information and direction as to what to try next. Otherwise, they'd be floundering all over the place still till today. But something always tells them, try this and that. And it's not logic. Yeah. It's intuition. It's a gut feeling. Yeah. And there is, there was a great study done in the late 90s that demonstrated that those who were more doctors and therapists that were using or allowed to listen to more of that intuition were able to be more supportive towards care in the care process. Oh, absolutely. And and it's like, you know, I can say like, if you're a doctor, you're drilled in that if you make a mistake, they could die. And if you're a therapist, there's a similar sort of fear mongling that like, if you make a mistake, they could slip through your fingers. And so there's, there's a way in which we go, okay, then we have to stay to the most evidence based data to make our decisions, the absolute logic. And the challenge of that is, is that we are not then in relationship with the people we are with, where we are receiving the data, receiving the information from them, and really making informed choices. And that informed choice is not necessarily the most logical one, the one that is you you going through the filter of that evidence-based material. It is actually, there's something else. There's an inner knowing. There's an inner felt sense that takes us in a directionality with that person. And it's relational. That is perfect because your intuition is connecting with their intuition. And you're you're getting on a soul-to-soul level now rather than a brain-to-brain thoughtful level. And here's the interesting thing about science to start with that everybody has to remember. There are no absolutes in science. It's all probabilities. And they will tell you that. Now, you can have a really strong probability But if you're using that one medication that has helped 1,000 people with this same disorder and it's worked, that is not the absolute that it means when you use it on this person over here, the exact same results are going to come out and they see that all the time. And actually, my theory is... Go on. That the reason why science works and the only reason why science works is because there are people to believe it. So here is the thing. All right. So I'm going to ask you this question, doctor. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Put me on the spot. All right. You got trees behind you. If a tree falls in the woods, Mm -hmm. does it make a noise? Let me ask the tree. I'll be right back. Go ahead. Yeah. It sings a Broadway show tune. Which one? All of them. Oh, as it's woods. falling in slow into the woods. Into the woods. Into the woods. Into the woods. That's it. And into I the woods. I hate that musical. Don't tell anybody. <gasps> I hate that musical. I think a lot of people are about to know. I, know, I played. Really. I played Sorry. Jack in that musical. Did you really? Mm-hmm. I can see you playing Jack. Yeah. This really. I played Jack at Jewish summer camp. At wait a minute. <laughs> You played Jack at Jewish summer camp? You mean you didn't play Muddle and Fiddler on the Roof? What were you doing into the woods? Well, Stephen Sondheim. Yeah, that was the show that was picked. And because I was not a good singer then, (laughs) 
and maybe now. They mostly had me speak the songs. Oh, Seriously. But, but I was a good speaker. Oh, my God. Oh, oh, oh my God. I can, you know, it's hard enough to watch Into the Woods with the singing. <laughs> First of all, <laughs> that is the last time I invite you to my Jewish summer camp to watch me perform. Please, thank you. Vincent. <laughs> what an asshole. Well, well then I'll, I'll invite you to my Christian summer camp, and we're going to do Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat. I was also Joseph. Oh, I can see that. Absolutely. I told you before that black is not a good color for you to wear because you're way more colorful than that. You absolutely need a multicolor Speedo. <laughs> go, 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 Joseph. You know what they say. Absolutely. Wait, don't keep bouncing up and down like that. It's giving a real different image in my mind. So. Oh, my goodness. The excitement. The excitement. Oh, now, terrible. Terrible. Okay. Welcome back we to the psychic about? tease with yes, Vincent. psychic tease. No, we're talking about, about the trees. Topics. Here's the thing. The tree. The Does tr a tree Stay on topic, Vincent. <laughs> no, I wasn't the one that said a Jewish musical. <laughs> if a tree falls in the woods, does it make a noise? Yes. No, it doesn't. Who says who? It makes a vibration. It requires ears and brains to translate the vibration into a noise. And the point of this I is, feel set up. Yes, I feel set, set up, up in a very teaseful because they answer it the same exact way. The point I'm saying is nothing in this world works unless there's belief in it. And to me, the reason why a chemotherapy may work on this person and not on this person, because this person is so fearful of dying and is not believing that they're going to ever be healed and therefore can't believe that the medication that they're receiving is going to work. But this person here is going, oh, absolutely, I'm going to do this. It's going to work. I know that. And all of a sudden it starts working. And yay, the medication gets the applause rather than the people who empower the medication. Everything on this planet is a vibration. We are a higher vibration than everything. When we were created, we were told right from the get-go that our energy would have dominion over all other physical energy in this universe. What is meant by that dominion? Oh, that we can control it and do anything we want with it? No, is that we influence it. So therefore, everything created that's physical in this planet is completely empowered by our beliefs in it or disbelief in it. You know, stones, and you, you got in my metaphysical realm, everybody is carrying around crystals and stones because they're going to heal you. They wave them over your chakras and your points, your spiritual centers, thinking it's going to open up anything. A stone only is empowered by our belief in it. It has properties now, and it has different properties, but nothing can come from that stone unless we give it the juice. We give everything the juice here. Scott, and that's the reason why science will work, because there were people who wanted to believe in science. And science will always work because of that. And it will, sometimes it doesn't, sometimes it messes up. But if you follow the same formula all the time, shouldn't it work the same way all the time? But it doesn't. That's fair. Not all the time. 
I want to take a moment to give a loud shout out to the Embody Lab, which is uh, one of the most incredible resources for body-based and somatic therapies. This show is all about healing, and the Embody Lab does exactly that. Whether you're on your own journey of transformation and discovery, or enhancing your skill sets in your career as like a coach or a therapist, a body worker, or really any career where you are supporting other gently used humans, the Embody Lab is your place for deep, inspiring, and impactful workshops, certificates, masterclasses, and an incredible community of like-minded folks. I love the Embody Lab, and so do so many other people that call it a platform to come home to over and over again. The Embody Lab is giving my listeners an exclusive offer, a one-time 10% off code to enhance your embodied well-being. All you have to do is go to theembodylab.com and use the code GENTLYUSE10 at checkout. It really reminds me of the, the power of relic. Have you ever been to Israel? No, I, we do want to go though, my wife okay. and I. When I went to Israel when I was quite young, I went into Jerusalem and I went into the Christian quarter and I went into all the different quarters in Jerusalem. What I found was when I was in contact with these, with the wall, the Western wall, or the stone on which they had said Jesus was laid to rest on, like all of these objects had such a palpable vibration, it almost took me back. And like I was at the Western Wall and I, you know, like I don't remember all the history of that. I wasn't paying attention in school, I'll be honest. But when I touched it, I started crying. Mm. It wasn't to me the history of it that made me cry. It was the input and that of all the people that had attended it. It was like a sponge of every single person that had put something into it. Mm -hmm. That is like the power of relic to me. And so that's the power of vibration. It absolutely is. And as a medium, I do a lot of house clearing, shall mm -hmm. we say, right? Because there are some spirits that may be lost and didn't cross over completely that are roaming around. Plus, there's a lot of negative energy because of the history, right? Because of all the battles and walls and wars and killings and all of that. So that is absorbed into everything here. It's absorbed into the walls and the floors and everything. And so you can feel that energy because our energy is so powerful. Don't you get people, and I would imagine this with your place, that people would walk into your home and say, oh, it feels so warm and comfortable here. And that's because of who you are and what you're feeding into that home. There are homes I've been into that have been very cold. And usually when you have a conversation with the owners and the people who live there, they're going through or been through some strife. They're, they're hiding their emotions. They're not very warm people. They are cold people. And so the home feels that way itself because those walls absorb the energy that you are feeding it because we are such powerful beings with such powerful energy. So that in itself truly is a science they can measure a certain amount of it coming off of us. And they can measure, you know, you have all these EVP machines that measure, oh, there's ghosts over here. You know, I know I'm picking it up. But they also could be picking up the actual energy that was left behind. 
And so that's one of the things that I do decipher when I go around and whatever I do, wherever I am, I try to clean it and help. If there are spirits there, I try to send them beyond and get into those so-called heavenly dimensions. But if there's other energy in there, there's always ways of clearing the negative energy out. But yes, it's very empowering. Intuition taps into all of that. I had a friend that once said, energy can neither be created nor destroyed. It can only be transmuted. That's right. Either positively or negatively. It can be charged and it's charged by us. That's why I'm such a believer that our energy causes our illnesses as well as our health, our well-being. My book, I have a book, The Secret That's Holding You Back. And in there, I list five reasons why we do become ill or why we even have accidents. Why is that manifested around us? Because if we are these energies, then absolutely we're influencing the outcome of our lives. And we are connected to a power that helps us do that right? We don't have a battery strapped to our butts, you know, like the Energizer Speak Bunny. Speak for yourself, my friend. Well, that's the vibrator. <laughs> that's not necessarily... <laughs> oh my gosh, my mother listens to this. Oh, does she? Oh she's... yeah, and she's a wise one. Do, do not think that she doesn't I'm know you kidding. by now. <laughs> oh God. Oh God, you know you... you're getting married. Oh, no, 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 I didn't mean to tell that. That's a future. Rude. Okay, no. Oh, Rude. No, no. I'm no, going to no. marry myself, thank you. No. <laughs> I'd like to take a moment just to like list out some of the ways that we as humans might experience intuition. And, mm. and, and that can be like having a gut feeling or an intuitive hit, feeling things in your body like could be like goosebumps or pressure or relaxation, could be feeling other people's emotions or physical pains. It's that direct sense of knowing. It could be hearing thoughts that seem to be other than your own. Pictures or images kind of dropping in. Do you want to add to that? No, that's all. You're naming all the Claire's, Claire Sensian. I tend to be Clairol, and I used to use Clairol when I wanted to get rid of my grays. Now I use Clairol. In order to tap into my intuition. So we hear, we can hear with our mind's inner ear. Mm -hmm, We -hmm. can see with our mind's inner eye. Mm -hmm. We can feel with our senses physically and emotionally. Mm -hmm. We can know, clairsentient, where we really know something that's being told to us. So it drops in in all different ways, like you said that way. Mm -hmm. But the most important thing that people have to do is Mm -hmm. is, there's a couple of things. First, you have to believe that that's part of who you are. That Mm. is that it's an innate ability that we all have. You got to believe that first. If you don't believe that, then you're not going to pay attention to anything else that goes on. People are missing their messages constantly, right? And because so many negative messages have come up from the unconscious mind that those original messages that I call the I'm not, I'm not good enough, I'm not lovable. You've got a protective layer there that Mm -hmm. your brain has created to kind of shield you from those beliefs. Unfortunately, your intuition comes from the same unconscious level. 
Mm -hmm. And so if you're pushing down some of the negative beliefs, sometimes you're also pushing down some of the positive guidance. Mm -hmm. So you don't trust it when it comes up. Oh, I'm getting the feeling that I shouldn't go to that party tonight, that I should go and watch a movie instead. Oh, that's silly. Then all of a sudden the logic kicks in and the left brain starts thinking, oh, I want to go to the party. What's going to happen at the party? That's ridiculous. Then you go to the party with your friends and a fight breaks out. Somebody lands on your table. The table falls on you. You break your leg and you walk out of there going, I've always got such bad luck. I don't know why these things happen. And it's all because you didn't listen. You didn't listen to that inner voice. So therefore... The inner voice, you have to honor it. Ralph Waldo Emerson was a philosopher, a very famous philosopher, and he wrote in essays. And one of his essays was entitled Self-Reliance. Go read it. Because in it, he says, the best thing that a human can do is listen to her or his own inner voice. Because number one, if you're going to make a mistake, it's only a mistake based on your own voice, not your neighbor's or your best friend's or a family member's idea and direction, right? It's yours. Second, they become the intuitive part becomes stronger when you listen to that inner voice. And so you're keeping your ears open. You're keeping your senses open. What am I feeling? I believe that every guy who ever died of a heart attack had warnings before the heart attack. Has to, because your body is a communication machine. It's constantly communicating with each other. It's absolutely gonna let you know something's going on before some disaster happens. And you get so many people, oh, I never knew, or, or that survivor heart attack. Oh, I didn't even know I was having a heart attack. Well, didn't you say you had some pains in your chest last week? Yeah, but that was something else. That wasn't the heart attack. People aren't listening to the cues. They're not listening to their senses. They're not listening to the inner voice. And when some people do, and a large majority of people do listen, believe it or not, it absolutely has helped them in numerous ways. For example, we have here, and of course, nobody pays attention to this anymore, the most profound time that people did listen to their inner voice. One morning they woke up, it was work week, and one person said, you know what, my kid's been taking the school bus to school you know, all week, and I came home from work, I didn't get a chance to say, I'm gonna drive them to work today and just go in a little bit later. Or, you know what, I'm going to do my errands at the beginning this morning. And instead of being coming home late, I'd rather just do it in the morning and get it done with. And I'll go to work a little bit later. Or, you know what, I'm going to take a me day. I'm taking the day off today. I don't feel like going to work today. And you know what day that was? September 11, 2001. That's right. And many people did that. Because the one thing about intuition that's fabulous, it doesn't come up as a horror. It doesn't come up as a fear. It just comes up as a redirection or a clarity of some kind. And all those people who listen to it never got to work that morning when those towers collapsed. Now, many of them are suffering from survivor's guilt, but 
they listen to their intuition. Does that mean, oh, okay, all the people that suffered and died in that, they didn't listen, so they were a bunch of fools? No, it's very easy to get caught up. It's very easy not to listen. It's very easy to have the mundane of life on your mind 24-7, and so you can't get a chance to listen, and you don't hear that because it's all jumbled up with all the other nonsense. But to sit there and to intentionally, this is what I want everybody to do. And you can do this in a form of meditation if you meditate. But the idea is ask a question for yourself. Ask a question that you would love to have an answer to. And ask, put it out there in the universe. This is what I really would like. What is the, what am I supposed to do next? I believe that I will get an answer if I ask this question. So put it out into the universe. Now, a lot of people are telling me, but I've asked all the time and I get all, and I'm trying so hard to figure out, but I have all these blocks. The block is you're not listening to the answer. And sometimes you don't want to hear the answer. Okay. But put it out there. Put a question that you don't mind. Whatever the answer is going to be, you won't mind. Just put it out there and listen and look for the answer. Listen to your body. Listen to the inner voice. And you know what? People say all the time, am I making that up? Or is it just my imagination? Yes, it is your imagination, but that is the greatest gift we have to hear our intuition. And actually, spirit, God, guides talk to us through our imagination. Albert Einstein knew that. He said, tell me what God is thinking, the details I don't need to know. And what he meant by that was he knew that this God was a force of some kind, didn't expect it to believe it to be an actual deity like you and me, but he knew it was a force. But he also believed that force could talk to you or give you some inspiration. So every time he had an inspiration or an idea, he believed right away that that was guidance coming to him, that he was supposed to now go in that direction. And he said, okay, he had no idea what it was going to look like. He had no idea how he was going to achieve what this inspiration was. All he knew is he proclaimed it, owned it, and said, I'm going to follow it. And he also believed that the universe would then give him the details step by step after that. But he believed, he listened, he listened. All of you luminaries, whenever they created something, they listened to their intuition. So you have to listen, you have to open up your senses. We have six of them, five physical ones, and then that sixth intuitive one, all of them need to be open because you can feel it. You can feel it in your skin. Like you said, you can get the goosies, you know, when something good is happening or, or you're being directed somewhere. It's like, ooh, what is that? Or you're at a party, right? And all of a sudden this person comes walking in the room and the hairs on the back of your neck stand up on end and you're like... Ooh, why am I feeling? Ooh, this is strange. This is this. I don't necessarily like this feeling. So I'm just going to avoid him. It's got, it's got such an energy around him. So feeling a negative energy does not mean that that is a negative intuitive feeling. You're just having an awareness intuitively that there's some of this energy this person is carrying is not necessarily positive. And we can get guidance like that all the time with everybody. You know, you hear people more today saying, you know, you've got such a great energy. You know, mm. it's just like, like you they come say, The kids room. say vibe. A vibe. Yeah. The what vibe. A What's the vibe? vibe? You know, your vibe Vincent, is great. You got a teasy vibe. Oh, you got a Long man. Island vibe. 
I want that TV vibe. TZ. You know? TZ. Oh, TZ. T- I thought you said TV. I like TV better than TZ. <laughs> Would you like the TZ vibe? Do I like the TZ vibe? Yeah. I go back and forth on it, but you should have known that by now. Oh, yeah. I can know. You go back. <laughs> I got another visual, but I better stop. You better stop. <laughs> no. Jeez, I'm terrible. You're the worst, and I'm enjoying every moment of it. I think what you're saying is so you know, whether we look at it from the traditional psychological lens or from a more of a spiritual lens, and not saying they're different, but they're different approaches sometimes. Mm-hmm. We know that suppression, repression, like we're suppressing our emotions, we're repressing our feelings, gives us less access to the information around us and mm-hmm. within us. It hardens, it deadens, it numbs all the information that helps us make informed decisions. What I really appreciate you saying is this is just another significant way of saying when we limit ourselves, when we close down, when we protect, when we are in even a survival response, these channels of information might be closed or our ability to receive what is coming through those channels, the various modes of of ways we access all the information around us. Again, it's like if we're only conscious of 10% of the information around us, that's 90% we're still absorbing, receiving, taking in, that's informing us. But we may say, oh, I don't know where that's coming from. But it's also, from me, in my perspective, it is coming through us or coming from us. I love the way you say that. And I love the distinction you said about outside information, inside information. Here's two points that I want to make about all of that. First of all, Anything on the outside still has to be funneled through us before we get a chance to interpret it. And whatever is going on in that mind is the filtration system of how we're going to interpret it. So to make it simple, perception is reality. Okay, we may be getting a whole bunch of the color blue coming in, vibrating all around us coming in. And and now it goes through our filtration system and we see black. All right. And we know that today because we've seen in the world truths and understanding smacking people smack in the face. And they're saying just the opposite. Just the opposite. And there's actually a phenomenon going on about that is how can a person be presented with an absolute, a definite truth about something and yet see something else instead? It's because of that filtration system. It's the same thing. That filtration system I call the channel. And in actuality, I would like everybody to get this visual because I think it will help them simplify the process. We feel a lot of things through our heart, physically and emotionally. We always said heartfelt feeling, or that's broken my heart, you know, my heart is breaking. And it's their purposeful. A matter of fact, they've discovered, scientists have discovered, doctors, that there are 40,000 cells in your heart that match 40,000 cells in your brain. And so they are believing that those 40,000 cells are indications of a separate mind, a separate mind. A matter of fact, they are testing that. There is a satellite that encircles the globe that the United States put up that measures positive energy on the earth. Okay, positive energy on the earth. And so 
they've been measuring it for a long time now, and all of a sudden, again, we'll bring this back up, there was one time that the energy, the positive energy, spiked so high, it surpassed all the other spikes that were ever felt and measured around this globe. And that, again, was 10 minutes after the first plane crashed into the first Twin Towers in New York, because everybody started praying. And because of that, they created a global coherence. There's a heart math is a science now that's being studied. It's that a great organization. Heart, right. And it, it's wonderful. Howard Martin, I know personally, I worked with him. He was one of the developers of heart math. And their belief is that the heart is actually directly connected to the earth. My belief is that the mind and the heart is your soul's mind is your soul's mind, and it's just there to help you feel. But in any case, think of this channel being in that area, you know, like a tube, whatever you want to envision this channel. And the channel opens and closes. It opens and closes, okay? When the channel is open, you can receive all that information coming from your soul's mind where the intuition comes through, and you can get fed from the outer world through that channel and be able to interpret it and feel it and gain the benefit of it, right? As long as the channel's open. If the channel's closed, you don't receive anything or minimal squeezes through. What opens and closes the channel? Your state of being, your state of mind, the way you believe, all that nonsense that we've been through growing up, the negative messages we receive from our environment closes that channel, which is why it's so difficult for people to hear their intuition. And as soon as you start releasing some of that or putting yourself in a good state of mind, whether it's through meditation, whether you're taking positive steps in your life, self-healing steps, whatever you're doing on a spiritual journey, it doesn't matter. As long as it's positive, you're feeling love in the children, you're feeling love in the animals, whatever it is, you're opening up that channel. And when you open up the channel, the information can come through. I teach psychic and mediumship classes, but part of the class ritual that I teach is having people work on healing themselves and clearing out that junk. I can make the best psychics in the world, but if they've got a whole bunch of nonsense in there, they're not going to be able to use any of their abilities whatsoever. They won't hear anything or they won't be able to interpret it correctly. So that has to be cleared out and that channel opens and closes and that allows us to hear. So that would be the third step. The first step is believe you've got intuition. The second step would be listening to everything coming in. Keep your ears, your senses open. And the third is clear out your closet of all that garbage. And as you do that, you will absolutely hear better. This show is also brought to you by the absolutely stunning and powerful tools for transformation that are created by Omala. Oof, even the name Omala transports you to a place of flow and vitality. These are some of my favorite products ever, like an amazing color-changing yoga mat that responds to your temperature and presence and reflects back your posture in real time. They have this incredible smelling skin balm candle that heats up to activate all the essential oils and vitamins that your skin has been craving for. I mean, look, if I could live in a giant bath of this candle, I would 100% do it. 
They also have these journals that lead you into a profound insight, and then you can plant those journals to create a stunning flower garden. I mean, damn, if that's not both deep and inventive, I don't know what is. If you're someone who desires to live in a luxurious flow of life and who believes in transformative wellness, then you have to check out Omala. Omala is giving my listeners an exclusive discount to treat yourself to something that is as special as you, boo. All you have to do is go to omala.com, that's O-M-A-L-A.com. Use the discount code DRSCOTT10 at checkout. And a portion of every purchase goes to an incredible charity. You got this. I have one more question for you, and then I want to go into an experience. So how do you discern the difference? Because all that information, you know, the things around us channeled in through the filter and what we call our perception. And then how do we discern the difference between what we're imposing from our historic nature as an intuition, as a gut feeling or as a response versus a true intuition? Ooh, fuck. I know. Well, I do get asked that all the time. Okay. Oh, well, now I feel less special. But you asked it in a different way, Scott. You're welcome. Do you feel better now? You always make me feel good in a creepy okay, kind of good. great way. Good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm hoping when the show is over, you'll be able to take some of me with you and continue to feel good. Oh, we shall see, my friend. <laughs> All right. Well, hopefully. You I, can, I can dream, can't I? Always. So here is the answer to that. For the most part, for the most part, the human will definitely conflicts against the spiritual will. The spiritual will is that intuitive information that's coming in that you're talking about. There's always conflict going on, okay? A matter of fact, when one of our spiritual leaders was down here, he quoted a prayer. People asked, how do we pray? And he quoted this prayer, and in the prayer it said, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And what he actually meant by that was listen to the higher part of you versus the lower part of you. So he was able to distinguish that there would be a discernment, there would be a difference between both voices. The human voice tends to be more negative. The human voice tends to be more doubtful. The human voice tends to be more fearful. I don't think I should do that. It's also over willful. Your intuitive voice, people turn around and they tell me all the time, I'm so confused, I don't know what to listen to. I say, you're not confused, you're conflicted. You know darn well what to listen to. And here is the thing about that. Everybody knows the difference between their intuition and their human will because they know they shouldn't be going by the human will, but they want it so bad they're going to follow it anyway. There is never a time where you have these equal inputs and both are absolutely reasonable and both have the same positive outcomes, it will never be set up that way because if that was the truth, your intuition wouldn't need to chime in. Mm. It chimes in with a feeling and the feeling isn't just a little twing in your, you know, butterflies in your tummy area. It's not. It chimes in with a knowing. Mm. I know I shouldn't be going out with that person. But you know what? 
no, maybe that's wrong. Maybe I should, I'll give them a chance. I'll, you know, I'll yeah, just, what, what can go wrong? What can go wrong? What could, you know, I forget it. That's dumb. There is, our two gifts are intuition and intellect. But one we're supposed to go off of all the time and one we're supposed to use to help the other. You will always have an intuitive gut feeling first about everything. The intellect is there to help you label the gut feeling. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But we don't just end at labeling it. We keep chattering and talking ourselves out of it and mm. sometimes trying to talk ourselves into it. Oh, I know I should do that. Do I want to do that? Oh God, if I do that though, oh, and back and forth and back and forth. But most of the time, 99% of the time, you will know the difference between the two. Otherwise we're victims. We're victims to, to just stimulation coming in and there is no way to figure it out unless we have some type of logic. Maybe logic will help us. But logic without intuition is nothing. It's valueless because there has to be a feeling backing up the thought to know that this is the best way to go. Mm. I love that. And there's such a truth even in our anatomy of that, that the majority of all the information we're collecting in our body, it goes up to the brain. 80% goes up to the brain. 20% of information that we have goes down from the brain to the body. 80% goes up. So I just really appreciate all these parallels in that way of like, yes, the science is the way that our body actually is. It's like mm -hmm. we are collecting information from every part of our cell and that that collects up to a place of, of rising above to a level of being recognizable. But it, that information is deep within us. Oh, it totally is. It's part of us. We set ourselves up that way purposely, set ourselves up that way. But free will and conscious thought controls it all. And the funny thing is that people have to understand only two to 5% of the entire mind is in conscious awareness. 95 to 98% of the mind is in unconscious awareness. So when people are walking around telling me and trying to convince me they know themselves, I'm like sitting there laughing going, no, you don't. You only know two to 5% of yourself. You have no idea what's going on in the 95 to 98%, but you know how you find that out? the outcome of your life. Do you have in it what you want to have in it? Or do you have in it what you don't want to have in it? Then you know what you're really thinking deep down. The whole premise of my work and my book, The Secret That's Holding You Back, is all about that. Is that people have to understand that there are the two highest functions of the human brain is one, to keep us alive, highest function. Two, to protect us in order to keep us alive. So in other words, like a physical way that the human brain protects us is the coronavirus came around and with it was a fever as a symptom. Well, in actuality, the virus did not cause the fever. The brain did. The brain intentionally raises your body temperature to make it an unlivable environment for the virus. So that's the way it can protect us physically as well as so many other ways. But if we have emotional pain, what does it do to protect us emotionally so that we can function on a daily basis? It will create a whole new set of beliefs for you. So instead of walking around thinking, I'm a piece of dirt, I'm not worthy, I'm not lovable, 
it will make you believe something else like, well, it's his fault. He's the reason why I'm not doing well in my life. Or that's the reason why. Oh, I have no money because of the economy or because of the government. Oh, I have no love in my life because they're all idiots. I'm in the wrong place. I can't, there's nobody here that's good for me. All of those are excuses and reasons why we're not seeing, like you said, repression, suppression. We are suppressing intentionally those truths. Okay, so why does that matter? If we're functioning on a daily basis and we don't have any mental pathologies, all right, and as you and I, we learned in school, we want to teach coping skills, but in actuality, teaching coping skills has gotten in the way of people developing spiritually because we are connected to a greater force. We're body, mind, and spirit, not just body and mind. And so when we want to manifest now, because we've been taught and we've seen in history that we can manifest, where does that come from? That comes from our unconscious beliefs, not our conscious thoughts. We could never be attached to a power with our conscious mind because that would mean the moment you had a thought, something would instantaneously happen. As a matter of fact, they're actually teaching it a little confusing. They say thoughts change. No, 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 no. Thoughts do not change and thoughts do not create. Beliefs do. But thoughts influence your beliefs. So that's why you have to have different thoughts in order to change the beliefs. But if you're hiding what you're really believing about yourself, you don't know what to change. You're sitting there going, oh, I believe. Oh, yes, no, I believe. I'm going to believe in the law of attraction. Absolutely. And it's still not working for you. And you're walking around saying, God, it's not working, which was the original title of my book. It's because you don't believe what you think you believe. You've got to get to those original beliefs to get them out of the way and unblock so that the intuition can come up, so that you can create what you want to create, and so that you can live the life of your dreams. That's, and we all have that ability to do that. Mm, so well said. Excavation, excavation, excavation. And have you ever read the book, The Theater of the Consciousness? Bars, I think, was the author. And Oh, a while ago. Yeah, a long it, time ago. Oh. Great book on the unpacking of two to five percent of right, right, right. What we are experiencing, we are conscious of. In my work, which is more somatic based therapy or intuition, in another way that we call the felt sense, mm -hmm. we're expanding the range of that two to five percent of how we know ourselves and to increase it. And so, I love that there's so many different approaches to. Knowing ourselves in a more expanded there way. Is. And yeah, I just really appreciate that. I would love to jump into an experience with you. Of oh, your work. oh, oh, okay. Oh, not that, you perv. Oh. <laughs> I'll go get my Speedo. But in the meantime, oh, I want to bring my. I go by myself again. <laughs> I want to bring my producer on, Krista. And I, I knew you were going to do that. You knew I was going to do that. Yes, because yes, you know I'm too. psychic, but also because we talked about it earlier. But, but because we planned it, yeah. That's right. So okay. let's, would a 15, like 10 to 15 minute reading feel like a good or shorter for oh, you? Oh, absolutely. I can okay. definitely do a short reading on Krista. Krista Krista is a, a wonderful energy that I got from the very beginning. But Krista has a whole bunch of words packed inside of her that need to come out. And they need to come out in written form as well as spoken form. So I find it really interesting that you are producing 
producer when actually you could be producing some of your own work and some of your own talks because you hear everybody, but what I'm hearing going on in your head is you putting it together even in a different way, in a different color, in a different format. And so a book needs to come out of you. There's absolute steps and procedures that you need to be doing absolutely and get it out there. And by the way, please put, do not complain about your appearance anymore because the, the angels are getting sick and tired of your complaints. They said you're absolutely beautiful and you must put your picture on the back of the book. You weren't going to do that, but you absolutely must put your picture. You've got the eyes and you've got this, you draw people to you because you do have an angelic look. So I just, I need you to understand that and appreciate that about yourself. You make people feel comfortable. So just go with that and get that out into the world. And the thing is, you're the one that feeds your pets. Your energy absolutely feeds your pets. They go a little crazy on top of you. And by the way, there's sometimes a jealousy that's going on between the two of them. Is that correct? Very much so. Yeah, absolutely. It's a jealousy for, you know, they want to take ownership. You got to remember that they're still animals and they still have that instinctive part of them. They want to own you. They want to own their space. They want to own the toys. They want to own the food. This is like, you know, so you got all of that going on. One of them is having, is one vomiting at all yes. recently or bile? Acid reflux, hon. You may have to put the pet on Pepsid. Believe it or not, even our animals are going on Pepsid because there's a lot of energy going around in the universe and in the home, right? And they absorb everything and it, it makes them anxious. They have their own emotions that they go through, which is different than humans, but it's still there, a temperament. And so what I'm getting is the food is causing some extra acid reflux. You need to switch it to some kind of gastro-sensitive food and then find out from your vet the amount of Pepsid. Like I actually, my dog is on Pepsid because he just overproduces too much acid. And so we have special food for him. And you can always tell when they're vomiting bile, they need Pepsid. Okay. okay? So talk about that and you will get an absolute resolution for that. Nice. Okay. And putting it in a little treat or, or something small, they'll get that pill down. No problem. Was there a disappointment with a baby, either having a difficult time wanting to not having a baby? What happened with a child for you that caused a certain amount of disappointment? I did have a miscarriage. Yeah, I, I do. Have, I have kids, but have, I did have a. Yeah. You have kids, but you did have a miscarriage at that time. Okay, all right. For some reason, I'm feeling the energy of that. You're still holding on to in some way. You're feeling bad in some way. Got to let that go because you just got to understand that souls have their journeys too, and they help us out. And so sometimes, and most of the times, we make plans before we come down here. Who's going to be our kids? Who's going to be you? We're going to be married to our parents. All of that stuff. That particular timing, there was no plan. So there was no soul ready to really come down and actually any soul could have jumped in, but they thought that it would be best to let this one go. And because the other ones are, are better timed and in a better space for you. Would you agree yeah, with that? Yeah, that tracks. Okay. So, and I know what the same thing happened with my wife and I, it took seven years before my wife could get pregnant with the second child. Well, let me tell you something. It's thank God there was none in between because my daughter who came out second needed all that attention. And my son needed to be old enough to take care of himself for a bit 
right? So that we can give the attention that my daughter needed because she came out very emotional. So you'll find that. By the way, a guitar stringed instrument, definitely going to have one of the kids getting into that for sure. Very musical, very musical. And then one is very dramatic. Do you have two? I have two, yeah. Okay. One seems to be very dramatic. Let that one talk with Scott all the time. I mean, that would be that. That does perfect. A little coaching from Scott. That'll be absolutely wonderful. A little drama queen in there. But musician, you got very, you got talented children and they chose you because you're a talented, creative person yourself. And all of that in you needs to come out. There's been a lot of time on that, a lot of time on this, but you also have in your mind, well, what am I going to do for me even more so? So you enjoy this, but you need to be out there now in this world, in this metaphysical, spiritual world, because you're part of the healing, not just part of the producing. Okay, so understand that and know that you've got your own. Okay, so I believe it's a grandmother that's coming through. Is it your mother's mother who is deceased? She is, yeah. She is, okay. Is there not a lot of information that you've had about your maternal grandmother and her past and her history and that kind of thing? I would try to find out a little bit more because grandma's like, she knows you now. She's been around you. She knows the family at this point. And she says, there's a lot of secrets that you should really open the doors to for your own, I think you have questions that nobody else can answer, but you can actually seek them out. And grandma's saying, spend a little time, whether it be with a medium or whether it be on your own doing some research, you'll find out some magical things and some, oh my God, I can't believe those things, but definitely information and you'll understand why it's been hidden. There's definitely practices and behaviors that weren't necessarily good in the past and a lot of guilt and a lot of bad feelings that are going on. So they're resolving it over there, but it also needs to be resolved over here. But but your mom can't resolve it. You need to resolve it. You need to, because there's still that curiosity inside of you. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Even just for the bloodline, you know, just to, to wonder what is it that is hereditary that my family had with different issues or different things like that. So even if it's just for that, but it really is more about knowledge and wisdom. You're filled with a lot and you had a lot of talent that was not used in your ancestry. And somebody on again on your mother's side and on grandma's side there that she's talking about was kind of like an alchemist. It did with a natural type of healer, but using the herbs and stuff like that and in magical ways and potions and formulas and all of that kind of thing. And so there was a certain amount of what was considered craziness that was kind of like hidden away and like, oh, your great grandmother was a nut. You know, we don't want to talk about her or anything like that. So, but open that door because you'll find that those interests lie inside of you for a reason. And if you open up the door of your past, you'll open up the door of more that's meant to come out of you in this lifetime. Okay. There is definitely a psychic part to you. You also have the, a mediumship part. I do believe that you've been through some experiences where you've seen things. They're telling me you've had vision. You do not chalk them off as being nuts or, or am I making this up? You're not, you're not at all making anything up. Follow your intuition and follow your insights for sure. You got to trust yourself more. It's funny that I'm saying this, but it, this is more of an emotional thing. Let your hair down and trust yourself. <laughs> Right. Stop taking yourself so seriously. You don't need to. You definitely will follow a straightened path, but you have to allow yourself to enjoy it and zigzag back and forth on that path. So trust yourself more. Do you understand what I mean? I do very much. Yeah.
Thank you, you so like much. That? Oh, you're very yeah. welcome. I wish you the best. Thank you. Thank you, Vincent. Krista, how is that for you? So vulnerable. Woo! <laughs> I've so seen. Yeah, that was really amazing and spot on. And I just have to tell you that I have been avoiding writing a book pretty aggressively. So that was, that was really spot on. It's fun as a friend to watch the and like, yep, yep, that, yeah, when waiting for someone to say that shit. <laughs> yes, I felt that from you. <laughs> I couldn't say it, but glad someone else did. Well, that's good, good. Do, do you get the thing about going zigzag down the path rather than straight? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> so many layers to that. So many layers. Amazing. Thank you. Thank you, Krista, for being willing. And thank you, Vincent. Oh, you're very welcome. Well, thank you for being so open to that. I appreciate that. (laughs) Thank you. And thank you, Vincent, for being on The Gently Used Human, giving us a, a deep taste of what it is to be in our intuition and the rightness of coming back home into that. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you for having me. And Scott, as we were talking in the beginning, we were having a lot of fun. And you know what's wonderful about that is I know you've got a lot of your channels opened and cleared as well as Krista does. The thing is, the more that they're cleared, the more you can have fun with life because you get to see the beauty of it. And right away, I saw your beauty. I saw your humor. I see your soul. And that's such a wonderful thing because we can connect on a different level, even though we don't know each other. And I went there. You You went there. there. And I welcome it. Absolutely. I went south. (laughs) (laughs) They always do, Vincent. Uh, Well, I can understand why you got a Speedo and why I will never be in a Speedo again for the rest of my life. (laughs) No, I don't want to do that to the public. I want them to keep using their imagination. Imagination. It's It's the theme of the day. Absolutely. But it's just wonderful that we can connect on that level. And that's how everybody can connect, because that's what we're meant to do is to really enjoy each other and have fun. But unless we we have that with ourselves first, we're not going to have that with anybody else. Truth. And speaking of connection, where can people connect with you? Where can they find you? get you book, et cetera. Yes. Well, the best way to get in touch with me and connect with me is going to my website at vincentjenna.com. And that's with a G-E-N-N-A. They can connect on all my social media. Also, if they go to Amazon, they can get my book. And it's also sold in Europe, as well as it's been translated into Arabic. So I would hope so. Right. Yes, exactly. And so I do have an audiobook version of that. If you go to Audible as well... And it's me speaking, so that'll be fun. I do different dialects on there, too, for some stories that I'm telling. But vincentjenna.com, and you can write me. I write you back. I have a podcast myself called The Jenna Effect. And so there's all those information links are all there on my website. And that's one of the best ways. Thank you for letting me share that. Amazing. Thank you. And thank you for all of you who are gently used humans out there listening in. We love you and we look forward to connecting more with you soon as well. Thank you, Vincent. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Gently Used Human podcast with Dr. Scott Lyons and friends. Visit GentlyUse.com for fun extras, including submitting your questions for advice from a Midwestern mom. And don't forget to spill the tea and gossip about the show with all your friends and frenemies. 
and show some love by giving us five stars and leaving a review in your favorite apps. This helps us connect with all the other gently used humans out there. Oh, and by the way, you look fierce today.